Hello there, guys, and welcome to the Powerful Performer Podcast. This is the first episode of the Powerful Performer Podcast. So the Powerful Performer Podcast, episode one with Rosalie Craig. I'm super excited about this, that she's taken 15 to 20 minutes out of her day to, to come and do this. So this podcast is for performers, and it's to help them elevate their life, essentially, elevate their performance through their body, mind, and career. And we're going to be bringing guests on. We're going to be talking about the arts, the entertainment industry, successful people in it, people that are doing really great work um, to fundamentally help you. So uh, let's bring on Rosalie Craig. How are you, Rosalie? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I'm really good. I actually just want to start off with a phrase because this kind of sums up what I think of you. I, I, I Wikipedia'd you, if that's a word. Um, and The Guardian wrote in 2014, actor Rosalie Craig is living proof that stars are not born, but made through a combination of talent, hard work, sheer grit, and an ability to connect with audiences She's got it all in abundance. That's mad. That's made all my hair stand up. On really? It. Yeah. And I just thought that phrase, stars are not born but made. And that's sort of what I think about success in, in general, that often people think, oh, wow, you're just, that person is just born successful. They're just born confident. And actually, you have to work at these things and you have to um, make it, essentially, don't you? I think it's a lifelong thing as well. The, the longer I go in this profession, and I suppose it's been... Gosh, I mean, my goodness, 20 odd years now I've been doing it. Has it? Amazing. Yeah, 20 years. And I was talking to a friend the other day and I was saying, does it ever get, do you think it ever gets easier? And she was like, absolutely not. But you just, it's perseverance. And I suppose. Um, is it hard for you? Do you go through patches of absolutely loving it and then, oh, wow, this is, this is really tough? 100%. I mean, I, it, to be honest, I'm going through one of those right now where I've, I, you get to a point where you, you feel that I don't, the thing is, I don't think that this is, I don't think there's a mountain top to what we do, and no. I think it, and I think it's just it's a, it's all about your personal climbs and your personal goals, isn't it? Mm, how that alongside the your career in in whatever that is, because you can do, be doing an amazing job, but then your personal or family life or fitness journey isn't going the best you wanted to. So it's it is all about that. Sometimes the worst jobs can be the best jobs, can't they? But I think also when you think that if. I think it's a dangerous thing to say, and I do do this sometimes. Go if I get that, or if I if I if I get that job, then I'll be happy, or it will make things easier, or this. And every time I've got to like that point in my career, say if I set myself a goal to go, I like tw what was it? Eleven years ago, I said I just want to work at the national. So I got mm, the national. I've put that on. Yeah, Tim. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, now I want to um, play leads at the national great so work 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 to get there it wasn't like overnight it was just mm. graft and approving myself and making the right connections and nurturing the right connection so to hit like to go straight to the point I didn't even want to sort of kick off with this what what do you think the secret is or the answer is to I don't know what I'm trying to say here maybe like a, a long-lasting happy career because it's not all about what work you do is it it's about what's around it you know how healthy you are or everything like that what what do you think the secret is i think you've just hit the nail on the head by talking about what's around it i think it can't be i think the problem is that sometimes with this industry and this career is that you make it your entire life and i think somebody mm -hmm. once said to me this industry will not love you back so have things in your life that you love other aside from this yes but also you do have to love it, don't you? Because you. It, 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 it's a bottomless pit. And also mm -hmm. if you are on stage as you are every night or I sometimes am and you get that response from an audience, I think it's making sure that your life elsewhere is, is full. Mm. You don't live 
for that because people would look at you and be like wow you're you do amazing work constantly do amazing work you're very positive you're a mum you're, you're very fit and healthy you consistently do great work like what what's the kind of answer and secret but I guess that is my intention for this episode to dig a little bit deeper and to where you found your discipline where you started to find your your craft and potentially help um, everyone else so it doesn't have to be answered now so like I said that in, is the intention for your discipline grit talent like where does that all all come from so like maybe looking back at like your early years and, and family life like how was how was growing up did you particularly have dreams of being a, an actress did you do like uh, hobbies did you want to be something else like how was it in general I, I definitely feel, feel like there was a point when I was sort of made the decision. My parents are not like arty, pushy parents or anything. Right. They, they just, um, and it wasn't that we had a wealthy background or anything like that. I wasn't, it, it, I didn't have that start, start in life. It was definitely something that came from me. And I think I just like used to watch things at the local theatre in Nottingham. That's where you're from, is it? Yeah, yeah. And I used to stick on like Annie and think, oh my God, I want to be in that. Or I'd watch the panto every Christmas yeah. theatre and think, if only I could get into what to that. I just felt like it's something that I wanted to do. So I went to all the local groups where we didn't have to pay. And um, eventually, I didn't really know I wanted to be an actor. I, th- I thought I wanted to be a singer songwriter for ages. Right. And um, then I mistakenly got onto a course, well, not mistakenly, got onto a course at a place called Rose Bruford. Yeah. Before that, was that an acting course or a musical theatre course? It was both. It, it was an acting musician course. So right. I thought I was going there to learn how to write music and actually right. to be an actor and write music for shows. I was like, no, this is not what actually. And then, and then weirdly, it was like in my second year there, somebody said to me, I think you should really think about doing this as a for real, you know, and I was like, well, yeah. I'm at drama school, so, you know, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> Let's give it a go. <laughs> I'm three years of my life. Yeah. Like, a lot of a lot of student loan debt there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that like 12 grand. Um, <laughs> when you were there, were you like, ah, oh, I get a feeling that I am good at this or this is what I want to do or I'm getting validation from other people. Like, when was that turning point? And that comes from me saying, like, I went to sixth form college and I wanted to be in a boy band. I wanted to be a singer. And then I got into drama school, got advice to go to an acting course. I really couldn't act at, at all. I didn't have a clue. But slowly going to art said doing the acting course, I was like, oh, this is where I feel I, I, I fit in. Was there a moment like that for you? I think so, yeah. I think it was when one of the, when the straight acting teachers saw me do some... Sh- like, I, I didn't do things like Shakespeare. I mean, I learned about it at Sixth Form College, but I didn't do it. I didn't think it was particularly something I'd be good at. And I don't know whether I necessarily think I'm any good at that now. Mm. And I think what you're saying is really important because I still... I'm trying to work out where I fit in and I, I and actually I wonder whether that's a good thing because yeah it's a constant evolving journey isn't it sometimes you get cast as things that you never think that you'll get cast as or you'll go up for something and think I don't think I'm right for that and then somebody else sees you as that I sometimes feel like it's not our job as actors to see how the industry views us mm. we might have quite limited opinions of what we can achieve and do like you I said, think that's amazing it still happens now I'm like there's no way I'll get cast as that and then you get asked to do it and you think but surely someone's going to tap me on the shoulder and go I'm sorry you're not meant to be here you caught out (laughs) I'm always expecting someone to go oh sorry we've made a mistake and I'm like oh my god I'm still getting away with it great (laughs) I think where everyone will think that for the day that I like I'm really getting getting away with it um do you have a favorite actor many Mm. oh my god there's so many there's so many because let's list that's the top three people that have like altered your 
career, carved your own pathway? Like for me, I'd probably go Marlon Brando. Um, uh, who's the guy out of Scarface? And then who's the guy out of Notebook? I'm really good with names, obviously. I would say they've like they had an influence on me. Al Pacino, is it? <laughs> yeah. Is it? Al Pacino, wow. Everyone on this podcast has been like, wow, you call yourself. Who's that famous bloke? Who's the guy of the notebook? Everyone's screaming it to us now. <laughs> I can't remember, but I know you mean. Anyway, give us an Instagram. Everyone tells you. You're going to be annoyed. Sorry, because you're going to be annoyed listening to that now. They'll be like, oh, how do you not know? I know, I know. Um, who has changed? Well, I think that I like actors who are sort of chameleons, who just like change per role. But every time you see them in something, you think, oh my goodness, I did mm. not. And I think for me, my greatest love is Kate Blanchett because wow. I just think if I had anywhere, this is again, this is me going. I feel I this energy that. though, Kate Blanchett energy, you know, coming off you. That's weird if you say that. Oh, you're so nice. Do you know? And the last. I don't think I am just being nice there. I think I am feeling that. I don't yes. know what it is. If I'm it's going to manifest, going to manifest Kate's career. If it's the look or the energy, anyway. Sorry, go on. <laughs> You know, I was sat, I did this film just recently that um, we were working on together and you were, I was getting in shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, thank you for that because that absolutely was, if any, any, I mean, that was just amazing because I was in peak. Really good. Well, right, amazing. Performances on top. Thanks. Yeah, it really helped my confidence on set, actually, especially because I was working with really enormous film stars who are in... Really? It, massive, who actually, if I hadn't been feeling good about the way I looked would that would have really rocked me on set because this is another question for you have you always been positive and have you always been positive um if not what changed it and what does like confidence mean to you because confidence is like such a huge part of what we do isn't it like if you feel underconfident going into an audition if you feel underconfident being on set it's probable that you're not going to give your best performance because confidence is you can have all the tools in the world but if you're not confident it's like where what does that come from? Can you create it? Like, what does it mean to you? What having confidence? Confidence, like, I suppose it's two questions. Really, like, have you always been positive? Because for me, you're like always just like positive and a go-getter, which is amazing to, to work with. And then, like, I suppose you going into the, this filming set, and I've experienced low confidence myself. Like, how do you deal with that? I definitely think that I suffer from low confidence, and um, a lot of that is to do with body image and the way I see myself. And I think actually taking charge and working with you has, has changed that a lot because, and I've always tried to be fit and healthy because I think that the, there's areas of this, there's, there's a lot of areas of vulnerability in an in, in industry like ours. So if there's things that we can take charge of ourselves, which will mean that will alleviate those voices in our heads. Mm. And I think for me, being in charge of what you look like or what you feel like yes. is a no-brainer because mm. if we're if we're already ahead in that in it, on that um, trajectory, if we're already going, what can I take control of in an yes. industry where we have zero control? Yeah, my health, my fitness, my mental well-being, what I who I surround myself with, um, the people that I mix with, and if and if you know, there's definitely times that I go through massive negative patches. But if I have those, then I'll go, right, yeah. I will do the things like my gratitudes and I will do a workout and mm. I will look at what I'm eating and think, hang on, have I slipped off? Am I eating some crappy foods here? Mm. Uh, have I had this week too many glasses of wine? What's affecting me? Like the other week I was having a really low patch. I just got nose on about four massive jobs and I was like, 
I can't do this. I can't do this. And then I had one evening where I drank half a bottle of wine and I was seriously depressed for three days. And I was like, right, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Obviously, I've really messed up myself because if I drink half a bottle of wine, I'm going to be more depressed. Yeah. So that's not going to help me. This so. is amazing to hear it from, from you because we are human. We have all those emotions. And I often say, like, you, you can't, you can only control the controllable and everything else is sort of out of your your control and me think yes of course you have low patches of course you get no massive nose jobs it's just interesting for like us to talk about this in this industry and be like it's happening to to all of us and just being aware and having a conversation I think is just amazing I think honestly I counted yesterday I sat down I thought right this is ridiculous how many nose have I had in the past few months and I was like 15 there's no there's no wonder why I'm feeling like somebody's punching me repeatedly so, isn't it rejection constant re rejection it's like if you've gone dating and you just get rejected but as actors we're, we're getting that all all the time and then we're having to bounce back and go but but yet yeah, you have those rejections but you haven't got any recovery time because you've got to be match fit mm. go out there and, and the thing is it's like if you let those nose infiltrate or determine how you feel about yourself then you wouldn't be able to get out of bed in the morning mm. so it's like how you do you think you overcome like it around you and go right okay fine on to the next but sometimes, yeah. sometimes like the other week, I couldn't because I was so gutted. Mm. And I, you just have to feel that and have a shit day and yeah. then go, okay, I'm back. Yeah. Do you do anything like, uh, is there anything to learn from these no's? Or is it just a case of like, ah, uh, it's actually nothing to do with me. I'm trying to be as sort of whole and as confident within myself. Just, just move on. I think sometimes, I think all feedback is really helpful. I think, mm. I think I'm somebody who, who really wants to know what I'm doing wrong to, in order to approve, yes. improve. So mm -hmm. sometimes you can't get feedback though. No. But that's the one thing that we can get from our bodies and our health is that it immediately tells us where we're going wrong. Yes, the like, feeling. Oh, yeah, it's yeah. feeling or it's the way you look and you're like, okay, I can do something about that. Whereas I can't do anything about 10 executives at ITV saying, <laughs> let's get that person instead of that person. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I think it's important to to let yourself feel sad about things now and again because mm. otherwise you just squash it down and then it will come out somewhere yeah so um but yeah, yeah i do think like you say controlling the things we can control really helps in an industry where there is zero control what would you say coming on the program with me gave you like what sort of control did that give you in terms of like what, what you fed yourself the feelings like the strength like what what sort of were the things that helped you take control of the things that you could take control of i just it's been it's genuinely i'm not just saying because we're talking on this podcast but it has been i'll pay you later <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's me millions of pounds guys um i uh, i have to say it has completely and utterly changed my life because not only watching things on your instagram feed which help me that sometimes your story might come up or i'll read something and i'll think oh my god that's really inspiring i think knowing what i was not having any understanding of what I was putting into my body or understanding different proteins or calories or mm, restricting I, I would, yourself from things that you didn't need people don't need to and stuff which are, are life in itself the carbohydrate is one of the most joyous things in life <laughs> you know so many years I spent without bread or pasta or anything mm. or having having that great mentality that you taught me that if you do like to control things in your life like what you put how many calories you're having in a week you can have fun at a weekend so there's mm. something to look forward to. And then you think, oh, I'm going to just, and then you feel great because you had a bit of a, a bit of a, not a blowout. You just had, you've let yourself 
go over the weekend and then in a week it's like you're back on track again you're working mm. and you feel great that you've treated yourself or working I, I like that mentality now of treating myself to something if I if I've achieved it like I'll think oh Tom said, you know go and buy yourself that nice piece of clothing yeah. because you, you have to there. you have to because when you're in a diet when you're working hard and putting yourself under that stress like it's very abnormal like people say oh I don't feel good in the diet you're not meant to it's, it's an awful thing Diets aren't good, so get there as soon as possible and then live your life and focus on things. We're not expecting to be in a diet for a year. That's very unhealthy. So, and often people start to, to think these, these things. And that's just when people often, they go, it's just about the six pack. It's often about just how you feel. But actually, once you work on health and fitness and come on your own journey, it, it's about everything else. And that's why all of a sudden, like actors that come on board start to land big jobs because the confidence, the way they're going. In, and it's just about experiencing all that, isn't it? And in itself, it's not about... The, the six pack it's about everything that comes with your health and fitness because when people say oh, i've just not not got time it's like you're basically saying you've not got time for yourself you've not got time to prioritize yourself and it's that i think tony robbins said it or someone like if if you're on a plane why you have to put your own mask on first before you put your kids on as hard as that is but you have to be able in yourself to look after and give energy to everyone else and especially as actors and performers when you're giving entertainment and energy to somebody else this you you have to be the number one person don't you because you're giving that energy out so it's like a bank account if you you've got no energy inside you you can't give your 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 best for someone and also we are what we are our, if we look at what we are we are our walking talking businesses this is our yes. business our, yes. the way we look the way we represent ourselves so you're not going to go and use that business if that if that one just looks a bit a bit like the other one but that one's a mm. bit shiny it's shop fine. window or it's like why would you want you are you are your business so you have to look after your business in order for people to want you're a commodity and people want to to, ha to hire it to want it i'm not going to go and buy a dress which is the same price which looks a bit shittier than the other one i'm, yes, I'm going to yeah. go and buy that dress yeah i mean it's as simple as that but yeah. having those everyday wins like if you stay inside your calorie deficit you know if you stay inside the if you mm, read that the targets or, the targets yeah and having having those those goals and knowledge and feeling like you just have more wins i feel like control aren't you it's... yeah and also you go oh do you know what today i i didn't i, I went slightly over but that's great because i know what to do tomorrow now yeah it's just exactly control of it. literally that is it it's not about going oh i i, I had a bad day with, with everything it's about well i know how to get back on track that's the biggest win and a lot of people's fear and anxiety comes from not knowing the answer to their problem not knowing the answer to their challenge i i know the answer to my fitness so i can go and eat twenty thousand donuts today but i know i know what to do tomorrow exactly. you know and it's that's all it is and it's not about being restrictive and i think a lot of potential eating disorder behavior can can simply come from just not being being educated and and once you're educated, learning how to implement and integrate that, that into your life, because obviously we're wired all differently. We've got certain habits and it's just also about rewiring the brain and, and the body and stuff like that. And you, you taught me that because I would be going, I can't have that or I can't have that. And now I'm going, but I can have it. So now I'm saying to other people, but you know that you can eat that. Mm, amazing sharing. And actually, or, or in a restaurant, I'm going, that salad is not healthier than that chicken thing there. You should have that chicken thing. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you yeah. give me some knowledge and some power. Yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? Comes a lot of power with it. So, moving on from, from fitness stuff, what's been your favorite job? I know that we've just talked about that it's not a thing, but like, encompass everything. What would you say is your favorite job? Oh my goodness, 
I, I've got a job that's, that was really special to me. And I think it was for so many reasons because I had wanted to work at the National for 15 years. And I thought, I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to get in there. But it was always like, that's where I was heading towards. And I wanted to work on something really unique and really special. And then this project, this crazy project came up called London Mode. And I was, I was like, I got an audition for it. I had to wait for about three months to find out that I'd been cast. I'd given up on it completely. I was totally the wrong casting for it, but it was magical because none of us knew when we were making it. It wasn't, it wasn't ever about any of us being the lead. It was about an ensemble. Right. About me being front and center. I remember when it was going on. I remember it, it going on and getting huge success. Yeah, and it was totally unexpected because none of us thought it was going to be anything. We thought it was going to be awful. Um, we thought it was going to be the worst thing the National had ever made. And it was this overnight sensation. But the most beautiful thing about it was is that it wasn't about any of us. Right. It was about the piece. It was about all of us working together, being a brilliant ensemble. It wasn't, there was no egos, mm. nobody going, I'm the star. And it was just, for that reason, it was one of my happiest things because everyone was equal. Often that's the best, isn't it? When you're all putting into the pot to try and create something instead of all feeding one, one person. Exactly. And I think actually sometimes when you, and it's very nice to be front and centre and it's nice to get, to get those moments in your career, but it, I just think sometimes it's nice to be part of a collective and, mm. and, and to be part of something that's bigger than you as an actor because... Mm. We are so inward facing. We're all the time going, it's about me, us. What am I, you know, what am I doing? What am I doing? What am I doing? And then actually it was just not. And I was yeah. like, thank God. Yeah. You know, it was just took all the pressure off. It was like about something else. Lovely. So and what would you say like is your biggest achievement in your professional career? <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> yes. Big win. Yeah, really. I, Amazing. I that I'm still doing this and I sometimes wake up and like I just said have many many days where I just go I cannot do this anymore I cannot take another rejection or I look over my shoulder and someone's doing look at you know and go they're doing so much better than me I feel stupid why am I keeping on this dream of trying to get somewhere um and then I just go hang on a minute I'm I'm managing to I've managed to pay for a mortgage look after a child have a wonderful marriage, thank goodness, that yeah. work as well, yeah. being two actors. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm doing that, I'm paying for it through what I love doing. Yes, absolute humongous win. Yeah, so I'm Isn't just it? like, then that's fine. Then that is fine. If I can, during the pandemic, when we were like, we're able to keep a roof over our heads and still be actors and still do what we love. You get to anything, can't you? Brilliant. What, what is it like? with family life like uh being married to to an actor is it is it the best thing is it hard at times i personally love it because there's a shorthand and we know what this industry is or you know mm -hmm. when you get a yes or a no or certainly for our schedules it's sometimes it's it's amazing because we're both around a lot with our daughter and sometimes it's a nightmare because i'll be like away and Hadley will be away and we'll be like, but there's a child. <laughs> <laughs> what do we do with a child yeah. in the middle of it? Can you look after um, yourself, please. 
<laughs> yeah, like, I know you're five, but you've got to do this on your own. Um, so that's only going to get more and more challenging. But um, there's always someone to do a self-tape, which is... Like, yes, amazing. That, that's great. Yeah. But no, I do. I do love us both being actors. And do you know what the great thing about it is, is now Elvie's getting older. I can see what influence it's having on her. Right. Like, being around she, that people and she's got a, she's got such a colorful childhood and she loves it and yeah. she, but the thing is she's she's never going she's never not going to be my main focus she's always going to be my number one and, mm. and that wasn't always the case and sometimes i lose sight of that and i think oh, i've got to get this job i've got to get this job and then i open my eyes and i've got a beautiful girl sitting yeah. there and i'm like hang on a minute hang on was was that a life changing moment yeah been child yeah the whole same old thing that People, you, you're no, you're no longer the number one. Someone else is best. Is you'd do anything for that person. You would do anything, and sometimes it's really frustrating because you're like, I just want to just do me, <laughs> and you can't. <laughs> like, like you've got to get up at five in the morning to do your training because yes. you're gonna get up at six, and then you've got to get to work and get her to school and make a packed lunch, and then you can't go for a drink after work because you've got to go home and look after your child. You know, yeah. But you do it because it's driven by love so mm. it, you don't, it's never a, it sounds awful when you talk about it but actually when you're inside of it you think but I wouldn't I'd want I want to go home it's like it's like falling in love again but on a different scale you yeah, I bet. need to be in love with that person so you literally just go nothing else matters because when we got Rue I think mine's probably like one tenth of maybe what you what you feel but we we're like okay this is this is we're now really living I'm feeling visceral love here you know it's uh yeah. Your yeah, it is. It is. And we were like, that's our first born. Yeah. And you do have to go through that and you suddenly think, oh, wow, things are slotting into place quite nicely now. I'm no longer worrying about this stuff anymore on, on tour or whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, if you ever have children, you'll find out another ooh. whole different world. Good grief. I don't know if I'm stable enough. <laughs> I don't know how. I think I'd about just spend every waking day in tears or something. Um, so we are uh, disciplined. Got a few more questions literally that is it your discipline where do you think that comes from um like your 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 drive like i think as actors we are quite goal focused aren't we and i remember thinking in drama school like this is it now sink or swim i'll do whatever it takes to try and become a professional actor like i'll even experiment and do some weird stuff where, where do you think your like drive and discipline and proactiveness comes from that is a really good question i think i do ask myself like who am i doing this for why what's your why isn't it why yeah and the reason why I say that, because working with you, it's like you were a mum, you were having a grueling filming schedule and you still got up at 5, 5 a.m. Like not many people would do that. Do you think so? I not not many people would 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 do it. And I don't know if that's maybe like the people that aren't performers, but there's a there's, there's a strong drive in, in you, which is very, very ad admirable. Oh, thank you. That means a lot to me. You say mm. that. Mm. Um, where does it come from? I think because. I think because I feel like the way I believe things are to be is that I've got one shot at this life and um, and that sounds a bit heavy, but I do think you're the only person who's accountable. Mm. So no one else is gonna make me feel good about myself. I can't get that from anybody. Well, I can, but I can't, if I want, to take control of my life that's that up to me yeah so it's very i can tell you there's more most of the times that the alarm went off at five i would be like oh my god no <laughs> no 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 but then i'd do it and i'd feel amazing and yeah. the rest of my day would like you say 
what was she saying about the morning? Win the morning, win, win, the, win day. the day. Yeah. And yes. it's so true. And like Elva used to sometimes get up and sit on the sofa with me at like half past five. And she used to be like, come on, mummy. You know, she'd be like, wow. I sometimes, whenever I work out, she, she will sit with me. And that's amazing. It's, but it, it just proves that the people that you surround yourself with, like have a big impact. If you've got a partner that's saying, oh, don't work out, don't go for a walk. It is going to have that impact. But if you've got a kid cheering you on at 5am, then of, co- of course you're going to do it. So it all is down to you, but also... If the people listening to this, you have to look at the pe- your friendship circle. Like, you know, are people taking your energy away? Are they feeding you up? I think this all feeds into like your support network. You've got a str- lovely, strong family and great friends as well. And I think that feeds into the whole drive thing, doesn't it? And like you being validated as a person and all that sort of stuff. And I find it, I find it really interesting though because my um, uh, my mum has got quite um, she's she's got a muscle disorder, so she, her body. Um, yeah. she can't really walk anymore she can't do many things and I, and it's really interesting because when I go home that is the time when I get questioned the most about my exercise because of her inability to do it so she really struggles with the fact that I will get up early in the morning even if I'm back at my parents house and do a workout or if I haven't got time in the morning I'll say right just after lunch guys I'm going to do my workout or it's part of my daily structure but I have to really fight to maintain the reasons why I'm doing it because she finds it quite comfortable to watch yes. it because she can't do it. Yeah. Um, and it's it's an interesting thing because of my family dynamic. If my sister ever works out, it's really like my sister's doing brilliantly. But if I work out, it's deemed as something like, oh, Rosie's working out again. You know, why yes. is it such a big part of her? Why, why can't she just leave it for a week? Mm. And I'm like, yes, I've see- had that. I've had that. Why do you feel you need to? I got the question. Why, why do you feel you need to go? To the gym like what does the gym do and it's like well for one it makes me feel amazing so like i don't think i need to say anything else to be honest <laughs> like well what, what's wrong with that but also because it's really good for you yes yeah and there's loads like, of benefits I can go into but i'm just going to shut it down and go i feel amazing doing it so end of <laughs> but that's the thing isn't it but the thing is hadley hadley goes through periods of time where he works out loads so it's really easy we'll tag team i'll do a workout he'll do a workout and it is always at home because of having mm. um it's just it becomes part of your life. It's part of my life. And it's part of, I think it's part of my survival. I think, mm. I think it's as essential as eating, breathing, yes. living. I think it's, Love that. if you, I think it's, you live a better life if you have exercise in it in, in mm. part, as part of your, as, as part of your life, because it just gives you so much. Why wouldn't you want to be the best version of you? Mm. I don't get it. It's like just be the best version of you because your whole life's so much better. It's not. There's no. It's not like rocket science, is it? It's just like. I'm not even going to say anything after that. That's just going to be the last last line of, of this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely sensational. Very very quick silly questions. Sweet or savoury? Oh, depends. Five, four, three, sweet. Okay, I would go sweet as well. Pizza or burger? Burger. Mm. I'm not going to say my my thing. Alcohol or dessert? Alcohol. Theatre or cinema? Theatre. <gasps> yeah. I like both though. I don't know we can only have one. Dairy milk or galaxies? Dairy milk. Ooh, I think lots of people would say that as well. Yeah. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? It's a hard one, isn't it? Um. Oh, actually, I was going to say something, but I don't think that's right. I was going to say to see the future. I don't think I would want. I, I don't think that's a good superpower to have. Um, you can think of that. 
I think I'd go definitely go flying. Just that's it. I'd love to fly. It'd be lovely, wouldn't it? I know it's simple, but it would be Actually, lovely. I'd like to make myself invisible. I've heard that one a lot. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Just sneak into audition, see what your competition is <laughs> doing. <laughs> if you could listen to one song forever, what would it be? Oh, um, oh my God! It's this song. Uh, it's called Patter Patter, and it's. <laughs> I can't, it makes me feel so happy. Everyone go and listen to Patter Patter. Oh, I don't God. know if it's on. If you put that on, you'll be dancing for days. It is, it's amazing. Right, I'm going to go listen to that after this. Last question. If you could have dinner with five people, who would it be? Anyone in the world, dead or alive? I've never been able to answer this question. Hard, isn't it? Well, obviously, it's going to have to be Kate Blanchett. Yeah. Um, I would like to have dinner with the comedian Joe Lysette, because I think he's hilarious. Amazing. Um, it's a hard one. It's very hard, isn't it? I think if I was to say it right now, I'd go Rowan Atkinson, because I was a huge fan of Mr Bean. Good. I, would, I would like to just see what Donald Trump's saying. Just to get him... <laughs> just, just, just to go, what are you? Just to get him around the table. Just be really interesting. Um, definitely do Eckhart Tolle. I think that would be a really nice match. Donald Trump and Eckhart Tolle. Good luck with that. That would be great. Um, I'd probably get someone like Robert De Niro just to see what he's about. Um, I'd probably get, a, I'd probably bring Elvis back as well and see what he's. Oh, can you bring people? You can bring people. Yeah, back. yeah, I'll see what he was saying. Oh my god, no, I can't do this. No, I, you can, uh, you can think about it and let me know later. I'm gonna have to like text it to you because then I'll yeah. go. Of course, it's these people. Yeah, I know. It's hard being put on the spot. Um, Rosalie, thank you so much. That is uh, amazing. You're amazing, and it's uh, yeah. Hope everyone listening enjoyed. You're it. amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye everyone.